Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about filling your career with joy and becoming a digital nomad with Jennifer Trask. So if you're looking to have more joy in your career, this episode's for you. And you'll also be able to apply a lot of the insight today into your life in general. And if you're the least bit curious about what they call digital nomad or having a laptop lifestyle or basically creating a business that's portable, you are not going to want to miss meeting Jennifer. So get ready for this good stuff. Your head is going to spin in delight for a change rather than confusion. (laughs) But that's what I want to talk to you about. I have something new that might interest you, especially if you've been wasting a lot of time in a midlife career funk or a spin, like I just mentioned. So you might know, I've talked about this on the podcast, that at 57, I've outlived my parents by decades because both of my parents died when I was a kid. I grew up knowing all too well that life is short. Understanding this has helped me realize the importance of not wasting valuable time being stuck. And as a midlife coach, I see this all the time. Amazing women just like you wasting valuable time feeling stuck, especially in their careers. It's become my mission to help you unstick yourself. So if this sounds familiar, if this is you, I can imagine that you would like to stop tolerating being so stuck and unfulfilled and get more from your career. And I have something for you, Clear on Career. It's an online group coaching program and community for professional midlife women just like you who want to stop tolerating feeling stuck and unfulfilled and get excited about their lives again. Clear on Career will help you learn how to bust through that spin and confusion that's keeping you stuck by understanding the true power of your thinking and emotions. You'll be ready to finally move forward and understand your why. Find your purpose and the fulfillment you're dreaming about so that you can feel proud of the way you're showing up in the world professionally. This is how you regret-proof your life. So if you're listening to this episode in real time, the Clear on Career 13-week coaching program is starting soon. But whenever you're listening to this, head over to my website at www.clearoncareer.com to get more info. Remember, life is too short to waste time feeling stuck. It's time for you to get clear on your career. All right, let's dive into today's topic, filling your career with joy and becoming a digital nomad. I mean, really, who isn't curious about this? My guest today is mindset coach and business advisor for coaches, Jennifer Trask. Jennifer has spent over a decade helping driven entrepreneurs build powerhouse mindsets that enable them to take action built on incredible courage, confidence, and clarity. Combined with strategic business direction, Jennifer's clients experience massive shifts and growth in their businesses. Jennifer is proud creator of The Joyous Journey, an online community dedicated to helping coaches build profitable businesses they love. As an international speaker, Jennifer has spoken in Canada, the U.S., and Australia. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Saltwire Network, Inspired Coach Magazine, Rogers TV, and Upwork Digital Nomad Series. Jennifer has a Bachelor of Commerce in Marketing, an MBA in International Business, and is an NLP practitioner. She has been voted Diamond and Platinum Life Coach of the Year by Toronto Star Readers in 2019 and 2020, respectively. When she's not traveling the globe, she's been to 27 countries and counting, Jennifer calls Toronto, Canada her home. I know you're going to love learning how Jennifer created this lifestyle for herself, so please enjoy this interview. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for being with us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. 
Thanks so much for having me, Susie. I am excited to be here. So Jennifer is my coach. And when I heard, of course, we're doing our coaching work, but somehow it slipped out that she had this big trip planned and my podcast years went up and I'm like, wait a minute, what? What's going on here? I need to know more. So I am so excited to talk to you about how you have prioritized and incorporated your main values into your life and into your business. Because in midlife, what typically happens is we're humming along for 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're like, wait a minute, there's a disconnect. (laughs) So let's just start. Tell us what was going on in your life as you're cruising along in your 20s and 30s when you start to realize what's really important to you. What happened? Well, I was really lucky because I discovered it young, shall we say. When I was in my in university, I had four part-time jobs. One of them was being an aerobics instructor. So at, and at my height, I was teaching five classes a week. Um, and I loved it because, well, I have lots of energy. So it's a good way for me to use my energy. Um, but what I loved was that I got paid to do something that helped people. And then I graduated university. I I traveled for a year in Australia and did a few other things. And then eventually I got my first real job. Your (laughs) J-O-B. J-O-B, yeah. (laughs) And I was in sales for a large multinational cosmetics company. And at first I loved it. And because, you know, I like, I mean, actually, I don't love makeup, but I liked it. And I, it was just like, you know, it's a big company. And I was like, Ooh, this is fancy. I get a car. <laughs> it does seem very fancy. <laughs> yes. And I had a territory and all the things. Plus I was in sales. And for me as a people person, sales is pretty easy. Um, so I did that. It was a maternity leave position. So I knew it was only going to last for, it was about 14 months. And so I did it. And about seven or eight months in, I was like, "Mm, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be anymore. Because by that period of time, I had developed relationships with the stores. I had, you know, kind of gotten it down. And then I also realized a couple things. One, I was like, "Mm, I don't really care about makeup. I have no passion in this. And two, I thought back to when I taught aerobics and I was like, I'm not really helping people. Like I'm just, I'm think I'm trying to get the store manager to put more of our brand on the shelf than some other brand. And that just didn't feel exciting to me. It didn't feel like I was making a difference in the world at all. And, and so I remember actually I talked to my dad because my dad was an entrepreneur. And he, you know, like when I grew up, um, I'd go into his office and there would be like Brian Tracy and Tony Robin cassette tape packages and all that (laughs) stuff. So he was always into like the personal growth and things like that. And so I talked to him about it. And, um, you know, he had suggested, well, why don't you go back to MBA school, like you can finish your contract. And then by the time I finished, it would be April or something, and you can go to school in the fall. And I had been out by that point in time, I would have been out of my first degree for three years. So at least I had some life experience and and business experience to bring to the table of my master's. And um, hang on, I have to just stop you there for a second. I'm still stuck on eight or nine months and you had a realization. I mean, that is shocking to me that you had insight so quickly, like you were actually excited about your job. And then you had this kind of a higher level insight that it might not be all that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's just what happened. (laughs) I was like, this isn't fun. And I think, I mean, I don't know, is this because of how I was raised? Is this because of like natural to who I am? I don't really know. I only know. I was like, this isn't fun. Oh, that's not true. I knew what it was. It was an important part of the story I missed. I apologize. This is what it was. This was the clincher. So I remember thinking, 
you know, what would be really fun is to go into marketing of one of the big brands, because this company has about 30 or 40 brands under the umbrella. And I was like, that would be kind of cool. So anyways, we went to the, the national sales meeting, the head offices in Quebec and Canada. And we went and uh, very fancy, stayed in the fancy hotels, da, 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 did all the stuff. And we went to the offices and the offices were, as you would imagine, a large cosmetics company office, you know, lots of glass, people in high heels. And like, you know, as we're sitting here, I'm in like my peasant shirt and I'm just like relaxing. <laughs> and I just remember feeling very out of place, very out of place. So anyways, I said to my boss who... Um, I said, you know, he's a national sales manager for Western Canada because I lived in Calgary at the time of this job. And I said to him, like, what would, how would I get into the marketing department of, you know, XYZ brand? And he's like, well, and he, we were literally in the office. So he's pointing to places in the office. He's like, well, first you spend a year over here after you're finished your sales, of course, you spend a year over here in such and such department. Then you go over there in such and such department. Then you go, anyways. He's like, and then so in about five years, you get there. And in my mind, I'm like, so you're telling me I got to spend five years doing five jobs, living in a city I don't even want to live in to try to get to a job that I don't even know if I'm going to like. And I was like, no. Wow. (laughs) I was like, this does not sound like a good five years to me. That was when I said, I got to get out of this. Like, this and is I got to tell you, still, it's something because a lot of times when you get your first job out of university, you feel uh, maybe a little desperate and like uber grateful that you got anything going on, you know? Right. So there was no scarcity going on with you as you had no. that insight. Like, again, I really think this is something that. Oh, like, <laughs> You're just glossing over it. But for a lot of people like me, who is um, more fearful. Right. And I do like to have typically more of my ducks lined up. Right. Sure. (laughs) And and so right away, you're like, no, this isn't happening. I don't like where I'm living. I don't like having to do those jobs. I don't like that. This doesn't feel like a really meaningful way to make a difference in the world. And then you did have it in your mind with your dad that there is another way let's just talk to dad, which was also great. And he said, get your butt into an MBA program. Yeah. And cause I said to him, like, oh, I don't really want to go back to school. He's like, well, Jennifer, two things. One, it'll buy you some time to think. Cause I said to him, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I had no idea. I, I really didn't. I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> go make money. And then um, he said, so one, it'll buy you time. And he said, two, it will only benefit you. Like you, you can't lose from getting more education. My parents were very big. Like we didn't have a choice of getting our first degree. Like there was no, I want to take a year. No, it was right. like, you're going to university and that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so pick a degree and go for it. So anyways, so um, he, anyway, so here's, here's what happened. This was very exciting. So I ended up, so here's what was great is, when I was in my first degree, I did, I got, um, we had to do internships. Like we had three, it was a work term co-op program. So I did one of them in the UK at a sports facility where I was doing marketing for sports, which was totally up my alley because, you know, it was like healthy, helping people just like why I liked aerobics. And when I was there, it was my first time being away from home by myself. And I was like, whoa, this travel thing is amazing. And I went to Paris and I went to Italy and I went to Scotland. And, and of course I saw some of the like London and part of UK and that's where I got the travel bug. And I was mm. like, this is excellent. So when I went to MBA school, um, I did an internship there in Denmark because, because why not? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Before, before I went to MBA school, I took four months and went to Europe um, to, because, because in my mind, I was thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to MBA school and then I'll get a job. And then I, you know, won't be able to go anywhere. And little did I know what, what was coming, but anyway, so then more of the travel bug got in me. Like, I was just like, this is amazing. New people, new places, new languages, new food, like, oh my goodness. So 
I go to MBA school and I, one of the smart things that I did was I signed up for the mentorship program and I got paired with a mentor who was super into like personal development and self-help and spirituality. And I didn't realize it like only in hindsight, I can look back, but I realized when I like some of the posters on my walls that I handmade when I was a kid were like inspirational posters. (laughs) 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 And I guess like it's my parents influence, right. Of, of the things that I would just hear, like the motto dad would always tell us, like you can be doing, have anything you want, as long as you're willing to work for it. Like that was ingrained into our mind when we were kids. So I, she says to me one day, she says, there's an event coming to town and I think that you should go. And it was like a full day self-help seminar with a bunch of speakers. So I was like, well, okay, I've never been to one, but sure. And there was student pricing. So (laughs) exciting. (laughs) So I went to this thing and all the speakers were amazing. And then the keynote speaker came out and it was, it was like a movie. It was like, the whole stadium went quiet and the heavens opened up and the universe was like, oh, here's your future. And, and I remember like I was watching that speaker and I was just enthralled with how he got 5,000 adults excited about living their best life. Like I was just like, is there a better job on the planet than this? <laughs> I don't think so. (laughs) So um, that was the moment I knew that was my industry, but I didn't, didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know what speaking. I mean, I knew what speaking was, but like, I didn't know anything about the industry. I didn't, I didn't know anything. The only thing I did know is there was this stuff to buy. So I bought the box set (laughs) (laughs) and I figure I'll start here. So then I made my list of what I wanted out of a job, out of a career. And I still didn't know it was entrepreneurship. Like I just got, I wrote, I wrote, there was five things I wanted. I wrote, I want to be able to um, live wherever I want to live. I don't want to have to be somewhere. And that was the travel person in me, right? I wanted to make as much money as I wanted. I wanted to help be able to help millions of people. I wanted to love what I did. So I didn't work a day in my life and there was something else. And I forget, but those were very important ones. And I was like, how am I going to find this? Like, especially in a, like in a job with a boss and da, 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 da. Anyways. So um, at the time though, the, mentor of mine that I had had introduced me to like manifesting and all that stuff. So I was reading on that. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to create something awesome. Right. And I had during MBA school, I had a friend of my dad's, he had gotten into a network marketing business and had wanted me to come on board because I'm very, very similar to my dad. And dad was really good at sales as well. And then, um, so I ended up getting into that and anyone who's ever been in network marketing knows they're very big on personal development. Yeah. The fundamentals of sales, like basically go get 10 million no's so you can get your yes. And yeah, that's where I, that's where I learned stuff too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is actually the entry door into how I got into entrepreneurship. The rest unfolded from there, but, um, you know, that was basically, and, and it checked all my boxes because in that, in network marketing, like you can't get ahead unless you help people, you can build as big or as little a business as you want. Therefore you can make as much money. You do not have to be in any one place. You could do it virtually. Like it had, it ticked all the boxes and, and I, it was, it was a product around healthy chocolate. So I was like, yeah, hello, healthy <laughs> chocolate. Like, Give me some of that. So, <laughs> so I just did it. Wow. Okay. So uh, that's so interesting about the mentor piece of it. You know, one of the things that comes up a lot in midlife is an influence of a mentor or your ability to be a mentor because now we know stuff. <laughs> yes, that's right. 
and it's it's super fulfilling to be a mentor. Yes. And a lot of times people are mentors and they don't even know it, especially yes. when they they're authors, you know. So yes, people become really important to you. And these people don't even know it. In fact, I did a mentor series here in the podcast and I had four of the women who had been mentors to, to me in uh, as an entrepreneur. And I'll link to them in the summary notes of this episode. But I had a chance to tell them uh, what I learned and how much it meant to me. And that is so amazing to be able to give that feedback back to yes your mentor. So you had a business mentor at a pretty young age yes. and that person opened a door for you and it helped you solidify your values. Okay. So then what happened? Because you must've had to get a J-O-B at some point. Well, what happened was, <clears throat> which actually influences how I coach and market today. What happened was no one told me I should get a job. Like people said, you know, I, I looked at all the success stories of that company and this and that. And, and I met someone who like she had made $300,000 within her first year. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. And so I didn't get a job. What I did do was I moved in with my parents and I just went full-time in the business. And about two years later, I finally quit because I tried everything, but I did <laughs> learn. I mean, I, that's when I started learning. I started learning internet marketing. This is back in 2007 and eight, like early days, early days. Yeah. So that's when I started learning. Like I was learning Facebook and Twitter. Like this is when Twitter was popular, like, yeah, all these things. And my sister-in-law had said to me, you know, you should start teaching Facebook or social media workshops. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea because I want to speak anyways. And I couldn't figure out how I was going to speak. So this starts me speaking. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So I put together my first workshop, put it out there. Three people came. Uh, also realized that with a Mac computer, which I had, you need a special uh cord in order to plug it into other equipment, which I didn't have. So in that first workshop at a hotel, there was three of us. My sister-in-law was one of them. And um, I was giving my presentation from my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> no projection, nothing, just like crouched around. <laughs> it's like, here it is, people, here it is. Anyways, so what was great was um, even though I didn't, the, the network marketing never worked for me. Like I never made any serious, I only lost money. I mean, I guess really when I look back, I re, I recognize now I was just investing more in my education. It's just a different type of investment. Um, but it led me to consulting and speaking, which is what led me to coaching. And that's also, so I ended up at, there was one point of time where I, where I got like a serving job at a high-end restaurant downtown for about six months, but then um, my consulting started to take off. And so I ended up quitting that. So that was the job that I had, but really I, I, I didn't, I just went into entrepreneurship and that was it. And um, that's why one of the reasons today I am so adamant about not over sensationalizing people's abilities to get results because here's what I didn't know the woman who had made $300,000 in her first year what I didn't know in my naivety and just like oh she can do it I can do it was she'd been in the network marketing industry for 17 years and she also was the second person to sign up in the country. And so she brought it to the country. She brought it to things. She knew how it worked. She had contacts. She had people from other systems. And what, if you don't know, if you don't know anything about network marketing, basically that's a jackpot, right? Like, so no one decided to tell me, Oh, Jennifer, you don't really have a network. Your friends have no money. You're going to have to learn how to market. You're going to have to make new friends. You're going to have to make a new network. Like you're going to have to do all these things. And even though network marketing in its simplest form is simple, it is not easy. It is like any other business. It takes work. So go get a job. Like no one said that to me. <laughs> and, and I just got into more debt. And 
Now, I wouldn't change it because I remember when I was going through a lot of the money mindset work, like I remember thinking, one day I'm going to work with people and I'm going to be able to say to them, hey, I was in your shoes, like, hello, negative money, and like serious negative money. And if I can get out of it, you can get out of it. And that's part of the reframe that I use to work my way through it. Um, But I just felt like if I look back, I feel like it was almost irresponsible of the leaders to not be realistic. Like I'm all for reaching your dreams and you can do anything, but there's also a realistic standpoint, particularly to building a business. Like you, there's so many skills that are required there's, there's so much emotional skills that are required, marketing skills, sales skills, you need to have a network, you need to have resources, like, this stuff just doesn't come out of thin air in six months, like, (laughs) oh, yeah, it's really true. It's really true. And, and also really understanding your goals. You know, um, there's a big disconnect. I, I see that a lot with anything. But with coaching, I've certainly seen it like there's a learning curve to acquire new skills, just like anything. So you needed to learn about the the products that you were selling or the services that you're selling. There's a learning curve to honing your skills, that 10,000 hour concept. But then there's the business skills and now there's the online business skills. And even it's been kind of fun just to watch people increase their skills around Zoom. Like I'd been on Zoom for five, six years, but I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, watching movie stars, like famous, fancy people. Um, in a Zoom room, not having proper lighting or a mic. And I remember thinking, come on, that's basic. Don't you know? (laughs) You're a performer. (laughs) And that happened a few times. And and now people are much more savvy around Zoom. But there's so many skills that you need. Um, And it is definitely um, not always transparent when people are coaching around starting a new business, what's actually required. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things that, so I'll, one of the reasons why I also think it's irresponsible is because people um, start judging themselves pretty quickly and are very hard on themselves for not moving ahead fast. And, you know, like what I say to people is when you hear those overnight successes, what you don't hear is, how many years did it take for them to become the person they could become to get those kind of results in that short period of time? Because it's about who you are. It's about your network, your resources, your understanding, your education. And particularly like I work in the coaching industry, like what most new coaches don't understand is like the actual most important thing for you to learn is how to become a good coach. And if you have not coached people for a long time, you got years ahead of you. And your practice isn't going to flourish unless you get very good at coaching people and getting people results. So, you know, I find there's such a fine line. And that's why I talk so much about the journey, because the rea- if you look at the reality of what it takes to become successful, whatever that means to people, Um, is it's longer, harder, more work, more tears, like more more insight, more than anyone ever thinks it actually is. (laughs) A hundred percent. I remember somebody early on, you know, I don't remember who it was, but somewhere along the line, I was told and I heard, like I really heard it, that it on, I don't know if it was on average, but it's like a three to five year commitment until you really start to make some money. If you're all in and ready to be a learner and you've, you know, you've really honed your craft and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I'm really been impressed with, with you, and it was, you know, one of the reasons I hired you was because you really do walk the walk, you know, you're not just talking the talk, but because of your own experience, you really appreciate the importance of walking the walk. And it's in two distinct areas. You are, um, well, first of all, you're hilarious, which I really enjoy. <laughs> I was definitely attracted to, the, to your Facebook lives, which are always a little bit goofy and entertaining and just so authentic. And, and I love that because I can't help myself. 
<laughs> with laughing and telling stories and stuff too. Um, but you really do have a joyful attitude about it, which is why, of course, you named your your signature program um, the Joyful Journey. The Joyous um, Journey. Yeah. The Joyous Journey. Yeah. But yeah. the other thing is how you've identified your the value of travel and how you've really taken that to heart and incorporated it in, I couldn't even say incorporate, incorporate, incorporated it. <laughs> I'm not even going to cut that out the way yeah. it's part of your life. Yeah. So here I was watching one of your Facebook lives a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden you're talking about going to Costa Rica and you're going to be gone for a bit. And I'm like, what? And then the next thing I know, I see you packing up your apartment and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> I don't know too many people who are 40 or 50 yeah. who are really living that lifestyle. So can we talk a little bit about travel and yes. how you have figured this part out to take serious traveling, not just a vacation, but I think you're one of those digital nomad type of people. Well, I am. And I deliberately built the business that way. Remember, that was one of my goals to not yes. have to be anywhere because I, I had um, right. in my, I think it was like late 20s, I, which was around the MBA new entrepreneur time. I had a really uh, successful real estate agent from Newfoundland, like where I lived, um, approached me and basically asked me to join his team. And I was like, he's like, I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, you know what? I probably would. But that means I would have to be here 50 weeks of the year. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. <laughs> right. Wow. What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think for me, there's a couple of things and I, and I know this from a, like a human needs perspective. So a lot of people have a high need for certainty and order, whereas I'm the opposite. Well, I have a little bit more need for certainty now, but when I was younger and even still now, like I like variety. I like uncertainty. Like it is. And, and when when I traveled that time in university to the UK, like I remember feeling so much freedom. And actually, um, when I finished my first degree, I, my parents, God love their hearts. They said, okay, Jennifer, they knew I like travel. And they said, for your present, for graduating from university, we'll give you a ticket anywhere in the world. And I was like, thanks. See ya. I'm going to Australia for a year. Because <laughs> you can get a working holiday visa so you can, you know, work. You know, I could work in offices. I worked in offices. I worked in a bar. I worked in a bunch of places in Australia. Anyways, and I remember, Susie, I, like, I, I can't even tell you. Like, this is like I could almost like I can go back. I can close my eyes. And I remember landing in Sydney, Australia. I was in the airport. I remember I had like, I don't know, $1,200 in my bank account, not much money. And I looked at the sign and it said, welcome to Australia. And I never felt more free. Mm. Like I was just like, oh my, the world is at my fingertips and I'm in the coolest country. And like this, 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 this. And, and I didn't know what was ahead of me. And I loved that I didn't know what was ahead of me like that. So I think that part of having this kind of lifestyle is you have to have a high desire and almost like passion for change and curiosity and the unknown. Because if you are very, very uh, certain driven and very like uh, you like things a certain way, traveling is really probably not up your alley as much, or you probably like going to all inclusives or things like that, which is totally fine. And that's great if that's what you like, but that was never what I liked. I liked freedom. I liked going places. Like it's, it's like, it's like, it's a part of who I am. Like I, you know, that, that saying people who have wanderlust, like you're never lost. You're just wandering, but that's the nature of who you are. Like it, it almost comes as natural to me as like loving does. Like, it's just like, yeah, let's hop on a plane. Yeah, let's go here. And I've never, it's interesting because in my goals, like I've always had goals, 
And for a lot of people, they like, they, their goal is to buy a house and their goal is to do this. And I always thought if I buy a house, then I'm stuck. Like, no, thanks. <laughs> you just read my mind. Like two things you said, first of all, when you're thinking about you, you don't want to have to be somewhere. I'm like, oh, then maybe you can't buy a house because that would really complicate it with renting it out or any, something like that. Then the other thing that you said right away, like hitting that personality, that basic need for stability. Uh, yeah, like I don't have what you have. <laughs> I, right. I definitely, because I had a lot of chaos as a child and I really crave right. stability. Um, right. So I like adventure, but I kind of like it in fits and starts. Like I don't, you know, just right. starting something and going, oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That's, that's not been me. And I think that's why I was so attracted when I, when I heard what you were doing just like casually on the side, I'm like, hang on, we got to dive a little bit more. Uh, we got to dive in here. Yeah. So, okay. So then what happened? Like, where have you been? What are you doing? Well, so this is what happened. Um, like my goal was always to be a digital nomad. And so the first year that I achieved it was actually, so what happened was when I ended up niching into coaching coaches, that's when my business really took off. But I'll tell you, like that took four years, four years of trying this, trying that, doing this, doing that, da, 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 da. And I niched into coaching coaches and I was like, this is my jam because I love self-help and I love business. So this is how I marry them. And um, so the first year, like I was able to build an income to support myself. It, I wasn't like rolling in money, but you know, it was much better than making like $10,000 a year. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the other thing you said that I just wanted to acknowledges you you made a decision to move back with your parents for a while so that you could be an entrepreneur and i just want to really acknowledge that that you're willing to do what it takes you know yes. there are many people that wouldn't do that right but you really have your mind on the prize and you do what it takes well what's interesting is and uh i talked about i've talked about this many times in different lives but you know during that time, I would him and ha about it. Like there was a part of me that was just happy that I could have a place to live while I was growing my business. There's other part of me that was totally jealous of all my friends who were buying houses and doing all this stuff and being all independent. And I was like, I don't have any money. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a car. Like, <laughs> but apparently I'm building my dream. <laughs> and I'm almost 30. <laughs> like, so, um, but however, I will tell people this because I... I don't believe in accidents. I think everything happens to you for a, a reason that's positive in the long run. And, you know, my dad passed away suddenly in 2013. We had 11 days notice and he was an extraordinary human. I, I, I got great. I have great parents. Like I won the parent lottery. Mm. Um, so losing dad was hard and difficult. And like some days I still miss him as if it was a day after he's left and it's sure. been almost getting on to 10 years. Yeah. But what I realized with the gift of hindsight is moving back in with my parents was the best thing that ever happened because I got, I left the house when I was 18. And so we got to know each other as adults and got to spend way more time together than we ever would if I was living on my own. And Mom, I'm still alive and and hopefully for a long time, but we developed a different relationship and friendship that you know I'm really grateful for. And of course, to get that time with dad, like little did I know, you know. Um, and it, I wasn't thinking about that at that time, of course not. I was not. I was like, how can I get out of here faster? And, and I ended up staying there way longer than I thought out of necessity. The good news was like, uh, particularly dad, because he understood the entrepreneurial journey. Like, I think I thought I'd be out of there in a year and he was probably in it. He never said anything probably right. in the back of his mind. He was like, good luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. But he <laughs> did, he did always believe in me. Um, he always believed in me and he, uh, he, he knew I was capable of great things if I put my mind to it. He believes that with all his children and, and we've all done well in the world for our things, but nevertheless, um, 
yeah, like that was one of the gifts, but I was, and, and that's because I was doing personal development and people would say, entrepreneurs would say like the difference between entrepreneurs is they're willing to live like no one else will live so that they can live like no one else can live. And I was like, that makes sense. Okay. So I was, I was always, you know, it's interesting. I never really put this together until we're having this conversation. But one of the things that I always say to my clients is when you play the short-term game in business, that's where shame, guilt, and lack and scarcity come from. You have to play the long-term game. When you play the long-term game, you're building up to something consistently. And I always played the long-term game. Like I, even though, yes, I want short-term results. Like I always thought, okay, well, I'm willing to do this for a few years. Like, I don't care. Like I got lots of time to build my business. And uh, quite frankly, being able to travel the world, do what I want when I want is way more important to me than just like living on my own right now. Like to me, it was not even a question. It was like, that sounds way better. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's, do I want the cake now or do I want to feel good in my jeans? Like, that's right good yeah anyway so to answer your original question (laughs) I've been a lot of places and my first digital nomad trip I went to um South America two winters so I went for six months and I went to Ecuador and Peru three months in each and then the next year I went back to Peru and I spent a lot of time in Chile and then Argentina And then the following winter, I went to California and just like Airbnb'd my way between LA to San Diego, which was awesome. And actually, it was there that I spoke at an entrepreneurial event and I realized I wanted to do more speaking and I knew I had to move. And because I was was always going back to St. John's, like in Newfoundland, which is a smaller place. So. Basing home. your with your parents, yeah, your parents' yeah. home, yeah, yeah, and actually, there were times when, like, I ended up going out and getting an apartment and doing this and that. It was sort of like a, a mix for different reasons, but anyways. So then I um, went back to after California, and actually, to be honest with you, I remember feeling like I'm ready for a break. Like I think at that point in time, I wanted more stability. I didn't want to keep traveling. I, I knew it wouldn't be forever, but I knew I needed some stability to focus and build my business. And so I just knew like after that speaking event, I knew I had to move to Toronto because I knew I needed to be in a larger center. And so I went home in April and I told mom and I was like, I've just been gone for six months and I'm going to go again, but this time I'm leaving permanently. Like, (laughs) (laughs) And I was I spent the summer with my friends and family and especially the kids. I have nieces and nephews. And then I moved to Toronto and um, to like, and I gave it a year to see like, is this where I really liked? And I really enjoyed Toronto. And then I was there for three years. And then of course, after a year of lockdown in the pandemic as an extrovert living by yourself, I was like, this isn't fun. So I need to go again. And here I am. Yeah, I know. When the pandemic's over, we'll have to go for a walk together and actually meet in person. (laughs) Yes, that'd be great. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, one thing that's pretty interesting about um, a laptop lifestyle or going away for a big chunk of time is technology. So tell us a little bit about how you deal with technology, because we we need technology like Wi-Fi and like everything. How do you deal with it? Well, very simply. So I only stay in places that have good Wi-Fi. That's so I have my qualifications, right? For when I pick a place. So safety is one. This is like the top one. Cleanliness. I like it clean. And um, so safety, cleanliness and Wi-Fi. Like those are kind of my three basic got to have it or I can't go there. Because obviously my business is a priority. Like I can't not be able to have good Wi-Fi to work with clients and do things. So that's it. And then I just travel with my laptop. I have um, a trackpad and a separate um, keyboard, you know, a couple pieces of equipment. And I always have like my planner and a something to write in. And that's it. That's it. So what kind of um, apps are really a part of your business that really help you with all this travel? 
so we'll zoom, which we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, Evernote. I use um, Google Docs and things like that. Um, we actually, we started using Asana in our business, but at this point in time, I'm still not fully integrated into Asana and have to, cause it's not a habit yet. So I have the work to make that a habit. We're getting better at that. Um, like Canva, I use Canva. I mean, these are just business apps, but to be honest with you, it's just Voxer, Evernote, Zoom, that's the main stuff. Those are the main things. Like it's pretty basic. Yeah. And how many uh, contractors, what kind of contract help do you have? So I have, well, an accountant and bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. So they do all that. And I have a queen of behind the scenes and she does a lot of, you know, like the content. So I create content in terms of like, I make videos, things like that, but then she creates all the co- the curation of the content and puts it out and things like that. And then I'll tend to hire people. Like if I need, Oh, like I have a web guy of course, I don't do any of that. Um, and then I'll hire people as I need them. So if I need a consultant to have a second set of eyes on something or you know, that kind of thing. And of course, I'm always in a mastermind or a program or something for my learning and development and things like that. Um, And that's it. It's like a pretty lean machine. There's not a huge amount of people. Um, We have some- The apps have really really helped, you know? Hugely. And also, one of the reasons I have a joyous journey in my business is because I don't overcomplicate it. Like I only sell two things. Um, you know, I very much, I, I'm on two social media sites and that's because I've been on them for a long time, which I always tell my clients, like you have to work with one site at a time and master it. You do not move on until you've mastered it. And like, unless you have help, that's different, but most solo entrepreneurs don't. Um, so, and of course I have a lot of, uh, my business is very referral based as well, just because I've been around for a long time. So a large amount of my clients and people in the membership, like they come from referrals, which is great. Um, so I I just like to keep things simple. Like, you know, I think that's one thing I've learned when, you know, when you're, I mean, Susie, you know, you've been in business for a long time. Like in the beginning, you're learning all these things and there's so many ways to market and do this and do that and do this and do that. And what I realized is at the end of the day, you need to go back to basics. Agreed. It's always about the basics. It's about consistency. It's about messaging. Well, that's about it. Like (laughs) be consistent, have a strong message, like be clear in your messaging and the rest works itself out. And the less, the less you are consistent in, oh, sorry, I should say that differently. When you choose a few things that you are consistent in, um, you will, they will grow and they will get better. And um, so, yeah, I, I tried the do a whole bunch of stuff, but it, it dilutes it. It dilutes it. And you, you can't focus and you can't really get really great at something. So um I think one of the reasons I'm able to to travel is because I keep things as simple as possible. That's great. So do you ever find yourself um, uh, where you have to check yourself and bring your back, bring it back? Like you, you get an idea and it sounds really exciting and, you know, because you're not held back by a house and some other obligations, you know? So do you ever find yourself thinking, Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then wait a minute and bringing those priorities to the, forefront. Um, do you have to, do you see your mind doing that sort of thing? Yeah. I used to do this a lot more in my thirties. And actually one of the reasons I moved to Toronto because I was doing it too much and I needed more of like a solid foundation to build something. And what was really great is during that time, like the last three years, I got really clear on how am I going to scale this business? Because for me, I've been in private practice for so long um, and I've had some group programs and things like that. But um, it, I, it, when you're in online business, like for anyone who doesn't know, like if you want to make a lot, a lot of money and impact a lot, a lot of people, then you have to scale something because one-to-one coaching is just, you've only got so many hours in a day. Um, 
And so I knew I, that I needed to get grounded so I could have time to focus and like figure out what that thing is. And, you know, Susie, you know, anything that you're going to scale, like that takes time, so much time and energy and, you know, and so, yeah, I had to sort of reel myself in and that's why I had to take a break from moving around so much because I was getting distracted. So that was why, but what, but this time, um, there were two things that were different for this round. First is, uh, I am certainly more solidified in my business and as well as like with what I'm doing and where I'm going and the thing like, you know, like I'm very clear and the path is going and I don't need to be anywhere to do it. Like it's, it's set out, it's done. Um, and the second thing was for me personally out of necessity, like I wasn't happy anymore because of what was going on. And like for me, especially, I mean, my brand is about joy. So I was like, this isn't, this life is not bringing me joy anymore. So something has to change. And I knew a change in environment was going to be a part of that. And so um, that's the other reason why it was also, it's a good decision for my business because, you know, I needed to make a change so I could be happier. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And one of the things you mentioned too, is the importance of uh, building community outside your business as well. And I think yes. both of us have realized that, that when you're a, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, and you know, you're at your house <laughs> or you're in a closet yes. or wherever you might be, <laughs> I'm in the back of my house. Um, you know, it, it can get lonely. You need to really yes. understand what your needs are. And I love finding a community, a mastermind. Um, it's great to have a coach. Like you really do need to build your community as part of your foundation so that you can be traveling and you still have your foundation because it doesn't really matter where you are. Correct. So the other thing I think is interesting about the nomad uh, situation, the digital nomad, is that if you are like most of us, you take a vacation. So you'd say, oh, okay, I'm going to do this thing for two weeks next year. Or if you really are organized and prioritizing travel, maybe you'll do that two or three times. But with the digital nomad laptop lifestyle type of thing, I would imagine you have to be pretty clear about your boundaries because your decision could feel like a six-month vacation. Yes. So um, in my earlier days, I had more difficulty with this. However, with experience, I've realized I have to set boundaries and I keep regular business hours. Once in a while, I'll check things off of business hours, but um, I've been really working this year to not do that. Um, And also I built in, because I do like, also like when you're the business, if you're going to take a true vacation, you have to plan that. Like you can't, I can't just be like, Hey guys, sorry, I'm out for two weeks and not like <laughs> what? It's just not. It's not how it right. works, right? Um. So one of the things I did do, like for example, I'm taking a two week digital detox in June in Costa Rica when I get there, which I'm very excited about. So you know, I've started telling my clients now, and my and I have, and so I also have a membership, so I have to plan for that and make sure that you know, my queen of behind the scenes is going to be available that all the calls are taken care of. Like, so there's more responsibility now in if I want time off. But to me, um, one of the things I've definitely learned in business is like, um, you know, discipline does equal freedom. And so the more disciplined you are in keeping things in order. Cause like I used to feel like that was the opposite of freedom. Oh my gosh. I love that. You're talking about this. This is exactly, this has come up so often with clients. And also it was something that I really had to understand myself. I didn't think discipline was freedom, but it is freedom. Oh, it's so much freedom. So for example, um, in the past, I never would have been able to take a two week digital detox, but because I am orderly and disciplined and have a flow. Like I, you know, I even planned. So I take one week a month, um, off from client calls and that's when I'm working on my business. And, and so 
I even had to, like, I scheduled that in advance and I worked out, okay, if I'm taking these vacations and I got to make sure I'm available for calls these days and these days and this and that. And, and like, that is part of the responsibility that I have in my chosen field, like, right. And, but I'm cool with that because, you know, the other thing is there's the balance of, I also have to earn a living and pay for my life. And it also is about contribution. So like, I love what I do. And sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I get paid to talk to people about this stuff. Like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there's a balance between like, I realized here was a, here was a realization I had was in my earlier, especially my twenties and early thirties, I was like, freedom just meant being able to do what I want, where I want, go, go, go do whatever I want. And there's a couple things I realized was one is that also means that if I want to work and contribute, I get to choose to do that. And when I flipped that, because I thought like, you know, I think, I think genuinely you could probably travel depending on who you are, travel for a few years and it would all be exciting because there's so many amazing places to go on the planet. But after a while, you know, like you have other needs in your life. You want to develop great relationships. You want to contribute and get back to the world somehow. You want to work and have purpose. And at least that is what was true for me. So what I realized was um, I have to figure out how do I find my contribution and work piece so that I feel purposeful. I also make a living um, and balance that with adventure and seeing the world and seeing my family and things like that. So that's when I realized, oh, I have to make a new definition of freedom. And I have to realize that like, it's not, freedom is not just being able to fling around the world. Like freedom is your choice to live and be who you want to be. And I want to be someone who, who builds something meaningful and who gives back to others and who contributes. And I can't do that. I need a vehicle to do that. And the business is the vehicle. So I have to prioritize the vehicle and prioritize the fun because very uh, easy to get in the vehicle and not pull over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you get to Costa Rica and uh, you got to go to that slot sanctuary. I'm telling yes, you, I will. I will. I'm waiting I for a picture with, with the slots. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You, you've done such a good job of this and thank you so much for taking the time to explain it a little bit, because it certainly comes up uh, when people are in a midlife funk, a real funk, feeling funky. <laughs> it's usually because of a disconnect with being intentional on purpose. We just get hung up with responding to so much for a long time in an autopilot kind of way that to really appreciate what is it that you want and how are you going to get it? But you've done such a good job of prioritizing. And um, I just really love talking about it. Yeah. And I think, like, for example, I, I can't even tell you how many times I was like, I really want to get a kitten. Like, I, in the last two years, I wanted a cat, like, a lot, a lot, a lot. And in my mind, I'm like, you can't get a kitten, Jennifer. You're going to want to go soon. You know it. Like, in the back of my mind. And so I've never had a pet because I like to travel. And so, again, it's priorities, right? So I just... Wow go love on my friends. Like I'm at my sister's right now for two months and they have a dog. So I'm like soaking him up while I'm here. Oh, and it's so good. Yeah. And, and it is those, those things. And I think the other thing that has really helped me is I've never been attached to things. Like I don't have a large amount of stuff. Like I did put my stuff in storage, but if I decided say to keep traveling or move to another city, like I'd have no problem just going give my stuff away. Like, I don't, I just don't have like, except for obviously like pictures and some sentimental things I would want. And my books, I love my book. But other than that, I'm like, to me, life is about experiences and being with people and seeing new things. Like stuff is neither here nor there to me. So I think, you know, it's actually throughout this conversation, I think one of the reasons I live the lifestyle that I live is because of um, like what I value and what I care about, what I don't care about. And, and also I made a choice a long time ago 
um, probably back in my twenties actually. And I remember thinking in the book, the five regrets of the dying, right? One of them is most people regret stuff that they didn't do. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person. Like, I'm not going to be the person who gets to the end of their life and says, I wish I went here and I wish I went there. And I wish I worked on that business more. And I wish I developed that friendship or this or that. I was like, I'm not getting to the end. I'm like, I'm going to get to the end and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, baby, that was good. Like, (laughs) Oh my God, that's so good. That's what I call regret proofing your life. Absolutely. Doing everything you can to make sure you don't have regrets and being really, really aware of it. So uh, one of the things that you said, we'll just wrap up, but one of the things that you said is that you believe that when more people live lives that they're actually passionate about, Mm -hmm. we'll have a kinder, cleaner, and more tolerant world. Oh, definitely. Hands down. I love that. Well, think about it. Like when someone's in alignment, who they really are, like who we really are is love, joy, happiness, kindness, like that's natural to who you are. People don't do bad things to other people or themselves when they're in those states. That's just not how it works. It's so true. And I love this too, because this is really putting yourself first. And you got the memo earlier than most to put yourself first. (laughs) I did. I was very lucky. Yes. We midlife gals, we're making up some time. I do feel lucky about that. I I, I recognize it and I have recognized that. And even I have a a niece and she's 17. um, And I got her a coach last year for a year because I wanted, well, first of all, like being a teenager, oh my God, like you need all the help you can get. (laughs) God, right. Um, But I also thought to myself, like I learned this stuff starting in my mid to late twenties. So what could her life be like if she learns it as a teenager? Whoa, what? I know it's enough to blow your mind. So tell us anybody who wants to learn more about the joyous journey, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, they can go to joyousjourney.biz is that site. And if the doors aren't open, just sign up for the email list. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm really enjoying the gram lately though. I have to say, and I'm really working to like do more fun things on it because it's fun. It has lots of great, like the reels and the stories and. Oh, that's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Of course, I'll put those links in the show notes. Jennifer, thanks so much. You are really somebody who walks the walk when it comes to embracing joy and embracing your love of travel. So this is such an important um, lesson to put yourself first and to really understand what's important to you and figure out how you can make it happen. Because life is short, my friends life is short. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to get that picture of your sloth. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Susie. Be be safe. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for this episode. Pretty interesting perspective on life, right? Jennifer believes in the importance of going back to basics when it comes to your business. It's about consistency and being clear in your messaging. Keep things simple, and that gives you the ability to have more focus and depth. Jennifer also built her whole business to support her dream lifestyle. Her brand is joy. Joy has to be the focus, and that is what guides her. So think about this. What is it for you? What guides a lot of what you do and how you make decisions? When you get this right, It will absolutely bring you more joy in your business and everything you do. So good. All right. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time being afraid of not reaching your potential and feeling stuck about all kinds of things, about aging, about empty nest, about relationships, about your career, about being more compassionate towards yourself, about all of it. It is time to get excited about your life again. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here for you. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching, and that's why you should join the Finally First Club. We are waiting for you. It's your one-stop home away from home for midlife coaching, community, and connection. 
you can finally get that fresh perspective that will help you sail into your next chapter with a big smile on your face. Join us now at www.iamfinallyfirst.com. If you're excited to work on getting more clear on your career, head over to www.clearoncareer.com. For show notes and links, you can also go to my website at www.coachwithsusie.com. And to get a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller or go straight to www.50waystocelebrate.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first. Life is too short to waste time feeling stuck. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. 